need that. Oh, hell yeah. She's a bad I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white world. If I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your ass. And we'll be back right after this message to find out what the world that was about here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Wait a minute. Was that text you sent so important you missed your turn? So important you just ran a red light? Is that next text so important that you won't see the ball roll into the street and the child chasing it? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Please remember that having your eyes off the road for as little as four seconds equals 100 yards. That's the length of an entire football field. And when your eyes are off the road that long, anything can happen. If you need to text, please pull off the road. Texting and driving isn't worth it. It's against the law, and it may cause serious injury to you or others, or even death. That's more important than anything you'll text. Please don't text and drive. I hope you're never hurt in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Working harder, going farther, with my Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the That sound was me taking a deep breath after all the craziness that went on in college athletics over the summer. Or not taking a deep breath, exhaling. While we're in, and the dumbest term ever, they call it week zero. Week one, the first week, the first set of games, it should be called for college football. I am a huge college football fan, even though I do not attend games for my alma mater anymore. But I don't watch pro. I really don't care for it anymore. So this is when I get excited for college football. Speaking of college football, well, let me go back for a second here first. You didn't, when you woke up this morning, the last thing you thought you would hear on a podcast is wham. <laughs> so I thought I'd just come back with a little Wham. Wham has a documentary on Netflix, and it was quite interesting. So you may want to check that out, how they got started, how how they got hot, and how things broke up and ended. So uh, I believe it's a couple of hours, but for me, it was well worth it. For some others, you may think I'm nuts, but... I think you'll learn some things. And speaking of documentaries, there's one out on Johnny Football. 
Johnny Manziel, the former quarterback of the Cleveland Browns and other places, but he played his college football at Texas A&M University. For a coach who I worked with at the University of Minnesota, and, um, man, old age is something. But um, anyway, the documentary, I really didn't learn a lot more about Johnny football. Maybe you will enjoy it. I just kind of felt meh about it. But, um, oh, yeah, by the way, the the coach that I used to work with, the University of Minnesota, he was an assistant coach. He was a wide receiver coach. And I think for one year he was an offensive coordinator. Kevin Sumlin, who later became a head coach at a couple of other schools, and he's floating around out there somewhere. Anyway, um, back to Johnny Football. Uh, and Kevin Sumlin has a cameo in the video. So Cliff uh, Kingsbury, who was his quarterback coach, helps tells the story with Johnny. Uh, Johnny's friend, uncle, something, his mom and his dad try to help paint a picture of his life at Texas A&M and the craziness that went on and the money schemes that he had going on while he was there and some other things that you'll learn. Here's the two things that I took away from it and I learned. One, he, and if you haven't seen this yet and you're going to see it and if you want, I'm giving you a spoiler alert. One, two, three, four, through. Okay. Um, well, anyway, one, he... Uh, unsuccessfully tried to commit suicide. He had went on a long weekend bender and and he burned through hundreds of thousands of dollars in a weekend. And his plan was, after he ran out of money, was to end his life. So that's one thing I learned. The other thing I learned was quite interesting, which kind of brings into focus all this money talk in college athletics. And it's going to be the thing that's going to lead into the theme of today's show. Uh, the year before Johnny Football started, all the donations for the SECs from boosters equaled $250 million. That's it. The year after he won the Heisman, Texas A&M alone raised $750 million. That's what this is all about. It's all about money for the school and the athletic departments. But don't don't be fooled. It's more about the money for the schools than the athletic department. And that's why I'm calling this week's episode The Revenge of the Nerds. You ask, why would I call it The Revenge of the Nerds? Because the nerds run the schools, the prince, uh, the presidents, the chancellors, the board of, uh, regents, board of directors, whatever they're called. Every school has a different title for their people that run their school. They're all brainiacs. Some were former athletes, but for the majority, they were brainiacs, may have been picked on clearly as they probably went through college did not like the fact that the athletic department got all this money and they didn't get any money over here and for this 
uh, school and that school within the university and for this class or whatever, and they had to pay high tuition and whatever, and then on and on and on and on. Those people are now getting their revenge, and this is how they're getting their revenge twofold. One, they're demanding and making their athletic departments self-sufficient. Demanding and making their athletic departments self-sufficient. So that's how and why they're selling their TV rights and all those things to the highest bidder because they want they don't want to see their athletic department. They don't want to hear from the athletic department. They don't want them in trouble. They don't want them to break any laws, but they don't really want to deal with them because they still have that content and their hate deep down buried. So one way is to make sure that they don't get any of the school's money or any more of the school's actual money. Make them self-sufficient. They're not going to raise student fees anymore that go for athletics. They're not going to um, give money to their athletic programs. They're going to demand that they be self-sufficient. So that's part of what all this conference realignment was about, was to make them self-sufficient so the school didn't have to do anything. Here's the second part. They are pimping their athletics department. And yes, I used the word pimping. Their athletic departments, in a sense, and you hear you will hear this term constantly. They are the front porch. They are the front window. They are the this or that of the university. Yeah, they want them on TV. One for the money and two for the exposure to hopefully help the latest, brightest superstar student to their school. They're is evidence, people, that when schools like Alabama and Georgia and so forth and so forth have won national titles in football or in basketball, their enrollments and applications go through the roof. And these presidents, chancellors, board of directors, board of regents are now finally paying attention to that after so many years of people trying to tell them that. Now they're paying attention to that, and now they're using that as they weaponize that, and now they're going to use their athletic department to get on TV to sell the school. So now your athletic department is being pimped by the powers at the school to bring in the biggest and brightest and more students. The ultimate revenge by the nerds. I don't know if you agree, but if you think long and hard about it, it'll probably sink in a little bit. Speaking of schools and troubles and things like that, let me first read a uh, something from the mailbag from Colin W. in South Minneapolis. I didn't know there was so much animus towards state schools from the conference. I believe the conference he's talking about is the Big Ten, or maybe he's talking about all conferences. But the Big Ten only has one school with 
Uh, no, they have two. But Penn State is the, the big dog school in, in Pennsylvania. But the rest of the conference doesn't have the words except for Michigan State. None of the schools have the word. No, I'm wrong again. Ohio State, which is also the big dog. So if the state, the school with the word state after it is the big dog of the state, that's one thing. But after that, even with the schools we took in, USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon, none of them have the word state after their name. Are we looking down on state schools? I mean, yeah, University of Minnesota is a state school per se, but it's the big dogs school same thing with iowa same thing with wisconsin same thing with uh you know michigan and on and on and on in this conference they want the big dog school inside of a state so i hope that kind of brings a little focus into you colin for your statement but getting back to schools a week ago and we thought the Northwestern situation was dead or at least quiet for a while. Well, and it kind of breaks my heart because some equipment manager somewhere was coerced in doing this or forced or maybe agreed with it. It had the Northwestern coaching staff and other staff wore shirts that said Northwestern against the world. Well, you know, you can have that attitude at this point because, you know, you feel like you're against it. You know, you think the world is against you, this, that, and the other, and you you just need a rally cry and a bat, uh, you know, something to go to battle with or whatnot. But then they put the number 51 underneath the slogan, and you may ask the number 51. Well, the number 51 was the number that Coach Fitzgerald wore, Pat Fitzgerald wore, as a star linebacker at Northwestern University. Unbeknownst to the school president, or was it the athletic director, I believe it was the school president, wandered out to practice and noticed that they were wearing these shirts and he was highly miffed. So they were told not to wear those shirts again. Of course, players raised the players are about you know we're just want to we want to show cohesiveness we want to be a team and this is our rally cry and the interim head coach made the stupidest comment that he could make basically or maybe he knows that he has no shot at getting the job full-time uh i am not about silencing anybody's uh First Amendment right to free speech. While you probably neutered your chance of ever getting a job at Northwestern with that move, pal. <laughs> so just keep doing it, Northwestern. You're supposed to be the brains of the Big Ten. You're supposed to be a high-star academic school, and you're showing nothing but stupidity. Speaking of high academic schools, Michigan. I reported a couple of weeks ago that there was going to be a settlement between Jim Harbaugh and the University of Michigan with the NCAA about sitting out the first three games. And it went that went to 
what is called the Committee on Infractions to agree to it, reject it, or add to it. And they just flat out rejected it because they still think that, and they want to make an example of old Jim, Coach Harbaugh. I'm not going to call him Coach Khaki. Uh, and they rejected it. Didn't didn't say why or anything. They just rejected it, which means at that point, the NC2A had to give notice of allegations and everything was supposed to be quiet. Well, somebody from the, on the committee on infractions spoke, which is illegal, spoke and said, these are the things they did are being uh, the allegations. It wasn't the official notice of uh, allegations, so he's speaking out of term. And he finished it by saying, and it's not about a cheeseburger. Well, I'm not going to get into the silly. All I've heard in the past week was people giggling over, people in the media giggling over, it's not a cheeseburger. <laughs> um, even if it was just a cheeseburger, it was an infraction because it was doing COVID when you're not supposed to have any contact uh, personal face-to-face contact with any recruits. He met with a couple of recruits unofficially at a restaurant, and supposedly he had a, or somebody had a cheeseburger, or they all had cheeseburgers. Don't know, don't care. But the big thing is he broke the COVID rules about contact with athletes and recruits. He also had Zoom workouts, which weren't supposed to happen during that period, and some other things. So those are the things that are being looked into. Update. Today, Michigan is self-imposing a three-game suspension on Coach Harbaugh. So he's he's back to sitting the first three games. It was he agreed to sit the first three games. Then the NC2A rejected And then it looked like he was going to coach the whole season, and this was going to drag on from forever. So either the president or the athletic director or the president and the athletic director got together and said, no, we're going to self-impose. Jim's going to sit the first three games, and we hope that that's the end of it. Now the the Committee on Infractions, can come back and still give a notice of allegations and uh, pour more on on the penalty. So we know at least that Coach Harbaugh is going to miss out against the sisters of the poor, the mother of the blind, and uh, the nuns of the weak. In the first three games, they have a very, that was my way of saying they have a very weak non-conference schedule. And then uh, week four, they even they start off with against Rutgers. So if it was a four-game suspension, it would still be a weak uh, opponent. He's allowed to coach all week long. 
just not the games. At least that's what the old proposal was. Now, maybe they change it and say you can't be around for those first three games at all. Interesting. Wait and see how the NC2A. And let me remind you all of something. I heard some numbskull, and I won't even name him, and I do know his name. Uh, he's on Sir- Sirius XM Radio talking about Jim Harbaugh should give the double bird to the NCAA. And this said, the NCAA is made up of members' schools who agreed to play college athletics. So that's all the schools. So literally him giving a double bird to the NCAA would be to his own bosses, you idiot. So when you always hear these people railing against the NCAA, remember, it's the member institutions. It's all the schools. It's not the Wizard of Odds who's hiding behind a curtain. Yeah, there's a committee on infraction and all these things, but the rules and regulations are set by the institutions, not by the man behind the curtain. There is no man behind the curtain. There is a uh, president of the NCAA, but that's kind of a figurehead position because most of the time he takes his guidance and leadership from the leadership of the member institutions. I'm going to keep saying that to people over and over again until they understand that that's what makes up the NCAA. So when you hear schools railing against this rule and that rule that was created by the NCAA, well, it was created by their bosses. So that's... Oh, the other things that happened <laughs> Why? the last time, they took a formal vote, Oregon and Washington, starting in 2024, will be members of the Big Ten. So our Western arm has grown from two to four, which in some ways should make UCLA and USC happy because they now have people out west they can play, except for USC didn't want to see Oregon ever again in in the same conference because they recruit heavily and successfully out of L.A. for their players. And their biggest booster is Phil Knight. Yes, Mr. Nike, Phil Knight. USC was made to basically see that this would be helpful. Now, some people think that this isn't the end of realignment, and actually it wasn't per se because the four corner schools, which actually the fourth corner isn't Arizona State, it's New Mexico State, but they're not. <laughs> they're never going to take New Mexico to anybody. Um, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and of course Colorado had already made the jump, will be joining the Big 12 in 2024. So that means only four teams remain will remain in what was called the Pac-12 
next year, and nobody knows what's going to happen with that conference or those schools. Stanford has been beating the drum trying to get in the Big Ten and the a- or the ACC. They just want to go somewhere. Some people think that they're going to wind up maybe playing independent for a couple of years and then maybe getting into a, conf- a bigger conference. The Big 12 has run out of money and run out of interest for anybody else, so they're dangling out there. Cal is broke and is wandering out there hoping for a life raft. You know, they're kind of partnered with Stanford in a way, but kind of not. There are some people saying maybe sports disappear from Cal again. Because Pac-12 did not take in other schools when they could have not signed the TV deal that was in front of them that the Big 12 wind up getting. All these mistakes by their two, their two commissioners. They had two different commissioners who dropped the ball on this. And the presidents and the athletic directors out west has called basically the disembowelment and dissolution of the Pac-12. Now, some say that they will find a a smaller conference and try to bring them in and keep the name, but it won't keep the autonomy five label or power five label that it's called so that they could still uh, have an uh, automatic qualifier into the football playoff. They won't rake any any big money. So those are the reasons why Cal and Stanford are like just trying to get somewhere, get a life raft. Well, yes, who's left? And that would be Oregon State, Washington State. Oh, what do they have behind their name? The word state. We're back to the animus. Animus means hate or dislike of non- powerful state schools. So the thought is that they would hang on to the Pac-12 name and try to grab other schools from other conferences. The problem is a lot of those schools are locked into contracts where they would have to pay 20 to $35 million just to get out to join a conference that offers them nothing, doesn't offer them a TV contract, doesn't offer them any money, doesn't offer them anything. The schools that left didn't even have to uh, buy their way out because their granite rights had run out, their TV deal had run out, so everybody were free to go, unlike the ACC. So the next step for those two schools, Oregon State and Washington State, will probably be to join the Mountain West or the ACC. Not the AA, not the ACC, but the AAC, the American Athletic Con- Conference. One of those two won't won't offer nearly the same amount of money. It's somewhere between five and ten million dollars per school for media rights. Their exposure on TV will be a lot less, but it will be a lot better than that streaming deal that. George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, brought to the table. So 
That's why you heard me take a deep and cleansing sigh of relief for the time uh, being. Realignment is probably going to be a little quiet. Even Florida State has surrendered for now and said, we'll come back and visit this for the 2025 season. Of trying to get out of the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference, and try to dissolve the conference or bust the conference because, they're again, they're unhappy with their media deal, which will put them somewhere per year to 30 to $50 million behind the SEC and Big Ten per school. And schools like Florida State, and Clemson are fearing that they're going to fall behind because why are they fearing that? Because all this, again, is about money, and they know that sooner or later athletes are going to become employees, quasi-employees, or whatever it is, and the Big Ten and the SEC is making that much more money than you then you won't be able to offer money, as much money, to the top athletes as they will. They are willing to dissolve a conference over this, a long-standing conference over this. Again, get back to the title of this, The Revenge of the Nerds, because your, your people in power don't want to pay for athletic departments anymore. Oh, here's another thing about st- uh, conference, conference realignment. You hear people talk, you still hear people talk about cable boxes and this, that, and the other. Okay. If you hear anybody talk about cable boxes as far as generating money for schools, turn the channel. Turn the channel as fast as you can because you're talking to somebody who's, who, hasn't grown in knowledge to know it's not about cable boxes anymore. It's either going to be regular TV or it's going to be streaming. Does cable pay some of this? Yes. But the future is going to be regular TV, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, or it's going to be streaming in about five years. So these conferences wanted brands, not big populations, not big uh, cable boxes. They wanted big brands because the TV networks are demanding exciting games for their, their number one time slot every week. They want top games. They don't want Michigan against Rutgers. They want Michigan against Ohio State or Michigan versus Penn State or Oregon versus Ohio State. That's what they want in their top time slot every week. And that's what this is about. And the schools pimp their athletic departments out. Again, say it with me. To make themselves sufficient. I hear a lot of fan ideals about conference realignment. Nobody's going to put the service academies in Notre Dame in a conference. Every, I know people are afraid of being left behind. 
all there's going to be a lot of schools that are going to be left behind when the dust really settles in all of this. It's going to be 40 to 60 top schools who play big time what they're going to call big time football. There's not going to be relegation because what school is going to be, who's going to vote to be relegated? Put yourself in a position to be relegated. What you saw was consolidation because you got rid of a conference. And when the ACC breaks apart being 2036, when their grant of rights and TV deal is up, or when they successfully break the contract and bust the conference up, you're going to have more consolidation because those schools, the bigger brands in, in that conference, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, uh, Virginia, will be absorbed by the SEC or the Big Ten. You're not having relegation. You're having consolidation. So as I do, anytime I hear the word relegation, I switch the channel. But fans are so fearful about being left behind. They're always, you know, you hear them in call-in shows and whatnot. How about my school going to such and such? Or am I doing this? And it's like, your school doesn't cut the mustard. Face the fact. It's a harsh one. I, I'm an alumnus of a school that could be on the outside looking in. I don't think so, but it could very well happen. Here's another thing that gets chaps my hide. How many times have I said, don't trust athletic directors, commissioners, coaches, because we don't know these people. And everybody keeps kissing Greg Sankey's butt down in, as the commissioner of the SEC. We don't know anything about that man. He, he, he looks cool. He looks powerful. He comes out and says some, gives some statements to give people the thought that he actually cares and this, that, and the other. And they want to make him the commissioner of football. That man only has one thought, the SEC, and what he can do for the SEC and for himself. That's it. For his conference, the schools in his conference, and his back pocket. We don't know these people. So stop smooching his butt with your lips. And my final comment for this week is beware of listening to media people who have three-letter or four-letter acronyms behind their names, ESPN, CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, because they are told what to say, when to say it, how to say it. Yes, the schools have pimped out their athletic departments to these places, but these places are also the puppet masters. They control the strings and they, you know, basically tells who's playing when and at what time and where and this, that, and the other. And they tell their people, their front people, their broadcasters, 
what to say. You better defend us and how to defend us. Take it all with a grain of salt. Read through it. Listen through it. Listen for what makes sense. And then throw the rest away because it's all propaganda to keep their job. I'll never forget as we were going through COVID and the Big Ten decided they weren't going to play football, then reneged and turned around and played football. But when they first announced it, the loudest people were the broadcasters because they thought they were going to lose their paychecks for that year. They didn't care about the kids playing football, even though they said they did. Oh, this kid or that kid, he could be a pro quarterback, and he needs this year to play. Well, he could also redshirt. Matter of fact, they were given all an extra year anyway. They didn't care about those kids. They cared about the money they were going to miss out of their pockets for not broadcasting games. And that's what brought the ire and the anger toward Kevin Warren and the Big Ten and the people out west at the Pac-12 when they originally decided they weren't going to play games because people looked at their pocketbooks, didn't think, they just they thought through their pocketbook. And again, all about money. And that's why the power people just, just decided, if it's going to be this way, we might as well put them out on the street and pimp them out and have them make money. Well, I'm sorry this sounds kind of harsh, but that's where I'm at with this right now. This is going into the start of the season. I don't know how much more I'm going to cover of this. I want to thank Van Hayden, who stopped by last week and gave me an interview on update on the, what's going on in Hollywood. And with that, I'll come back and wrap this all up in a bow here on the JB's JB's Low Tech Podcast. Is that text you're sending so important that you missed your turn? Is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light? Is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. When you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds, your vehicle travels 100 yards. That's the entire length of a football field. If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. And we're back. Yes, that's five minutes of funk with who by Houdini. 
And this whole offseason in college athletics has kind of been five minutes of funk. So, again, thanks to um, you who are listening. Thanks for Colin W. for his, uh, his texts and his comment. Please send in comments and questions. Love the mailbag stuff. Love the responses. Also, again, thank the Van Hayden for last week's interview. I'm totally not done with interviews, but I'm not going to be as, doing as many as I've done in the past. And also, I'm not going to talk about who won this game or that game or this, that, and the other, but I will probably talk about trends continuing in college athletics or stupid things that happen at schools or whatnot. So get ready. It's going to be a, a – everybody thinks the football season is long. It's very quick. It's, what, 12 games in, what, 14 weeks? So I'm not going to use the term buckle up or any of that crap. Just get ready. Enjoy, root for your team, and again, continue to listen. want to thank Mike Bryant, Alan Johnson of LinkArtsWithTheZ.com for their continued support. And until next time, thank you for listening here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. JB is my name and up motherfuckers is my game. Right on. Negro, black, African American, black, black, black. Django, J. B. Damn, Dolomite. Great card in heaven, you know. J. B. Our great Negro sex machine.